Hi, it's CJ. And here's the guy Selkirk pays not to use their paddles, Chris Allen. Thank you, CJ. And welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball. I am your host, Chris Allen. Let me go ahead and welcome Melissa McCurley, a.k.a. the hardest working person in pickleball from pickleballtournaments.com. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Chris. How are you today? Doing great. I hope you are. Absolutely. I'm here on the show, right? How could I be doing better? (laughs) Well, we sure are lucky to have you. So thank you so much for being here. And I've wanted to talk to this gentleman for a long time. You've had the pleasure of working uh, with him on many things, and uh, and, uh, we've exchanged a few texts and a few emails but uh never had the chance to speak to him personally yet and uh wanted to say hi to scott moore hey scott how are you today hey chris i am fantastic i might even be better than melissa because i'm here and i just got off the pickleball court so oh man sorry melissa (laughs) that's all right we all know i see little court time I know it. Now know. you are you are usually I have the the list of of accolades and titles in front of me but right now you are reigning senior men's doubles champion. Well, actually, I have won at nationals the last nine events I've played. So that would be mixed doubles, doubles, and singles both years in a row in the Open as well as uh, the Age last year. Mm-hmm. And I also have won the last six events at TOC. So wow, six in a row there and nine in a row at nationals. So we're hoping to add a little bit to that that streak this year, although all streaks are made to be broken. So you never know. But uh, And then uh, if in case you don't know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Uh, Scott's son, Daniel Moore, is also a national champion. He won uh, uh, national men's doubles along with our friend from the pickleball show, Matthew Blom, in 2015. And so uh, that has always intrigued me, Scott. Just the whole thing like with, uh, say, Brian Staub and then his son, Matt Staub, just two awesome players. Uh, You look at somebody like uh, Archie Manning and then you look at Peyton Manning and uh, what's the, the one from the Giants? Eli Manning, but uh, you think you know they—they—they're not just born with this incredible skill. There's something going on there. You know, father is passing that stuff down to his son, and so there's a system in place here uh, that can actually be taught, and that's always so interesting to me. How do you kind of approach pickleball? Do you have sort of a philosophy uh, when you step onto the court? Yeah, I mean, as far as Daniel goes, I mean, with my all my boys. You know, we played hard and worked hard on the court. I never really babied them. I I always beat them when I could. And then they, when they could beat me, they really appreciated it. Maybe too much, but uh, (laughs) they loved that. So we always played hard. There may be a pickleball gene or something to that, but uh, his mother says that the athletic gene comes from the mother. So I guess I can't even take credit for that. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, we we have a ball and, you know, try to make it fun. We, We grew up. When Daniel was two, he started playing ping pong. And so we played ping pong. and He got competitive where he could beat me at that sometimes. Mm-hmm. We played badminton for about 10 years in Japan. And we, we, he grew up playing the national tennis circuit in Japan. So he really worked hard his whole life. Was pretty much born with a paddle or racket in his hand. And so when he started pickleball about four years ago, I started five years ago, it did not take him long. I mean, he was a 5-0 the first day he hit a pickleball. Yeah, And much to my chagrin, it only took him about three months to start beating me. I had a year head start. Um, <laughs> and it's just speed kills. He had played college tennis and uh, just was very, very skillful as well as fast. And so that was a great combination. He's actually won four national titles in singles and just the one in doubles. So 
singles came intuitively to us. We kind of had to learn doubles by getting beat, learning at the School of Hard Knocks, even though we were pretty good when we first got out there. But uh, we didn't know the game that well. A few weeks ago, I was talking with Curtis Campbell, and he mentioned something uh, when uh, we made him king for the day and if he could do anything, uh, any kind of rules change or anything like that. He said he would like to see the singles court be a little bit more narrow than the doubles court. Not skinny singles, not half size, but maybe like, you know, 75 percent. said he thought, you know, it would, it would uh, be more fun. It would uh, you wouldn't burn your legs out quite so much if you're playing, you know, in a three day tournament. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, I hadn't really thought about it, but um, I mean, I, I do consider myself a bit of a glutton for punishment. Um, <laughs> I actually enjoy playing the young guys still and uh, hanging in there to some degree with them. So I think, you know, part of the, of, of the greatness of the singles is that it's so physically challenging. So uh, I think uh, Curtis needs to tough it up, get in shape, and um, play uh, on the real court. Them fighting words. Well, now, in, in if, fairness, if a 55-year-old old guy can do it, he can do that. <laughs> Go ahead, Moses. Well, I'm saying, in fairness, fairness, what he was also saying is that he thought that making the court smaller, that it would allow you to bring in more pickleball skills to the pickleball singles game. Uh, he thought it yeah, would allow... Yeah, that is true. You know, yeah, yeah and, and I would agree with that. I mean, it is it, it would be more of a finesse game as well. Right now, the singles game is it, it is pretty much speed and power. Obviously, the control is a part of it, but I like it for that reason. It's such a great combination, and then you got the doubles with the, you know, which is more of the finesse and mental side. So I kind of like it as it is, but but I can see his argument as well. Well, I think you may have a new challenger. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I always I always open my mouth and get. <laughs> and get in trouble. <laughs> You're such a great ambassador for the sport, too, in terms of the clinics that you teach. Uh, you're always, it seems like, uh, doing something either in this country or uh, taking pickleball around the world. You mentioned uh, uh, Daniel playing in Japan uh, years ago. Right. You, you guys are still over there and, and other places around the world. Uh, seems like every every other month or so, you're, you've yeah, got some we, going. Yeah, we have a real passion for traveling. Daniel's been to over 50 countries, and, and I've been to over 60, as well as our daughter, who doesn't play pickleball. She's been to about 50 countries. So we it's just part of our lifestyle. When we were in Japan, where we lived and basically raised the kids, we were fortunate enough to have quite a few holidays where we took them all over Asia. It was quite a, a life change for them to see the real world was not the rich people that they were around in Japan or the U.S., but more the people who were mired in poverty in India or Indonesia or Philippines. And, mm -hmm. You know, so it, it really changed us and um, made it, you know, travel a part of our life, not just to enjoy it, but also to try to make a difference in the world. And so yeah. we call them kind of visionary vacations. And, and the kids have all just kind of, taking that up and it's as a passion and then pickleball becoming our latest passion it's just a great i guess a combination that we can take pickleball as we go to places and um next year we're doing a trip to vietnam and thailand for example and so we think that's going to be a great great way to to help people we've we're doing the same thing in mexico and you know getting kids involved looking at possibly starting an academy down there oh. um for the locals as much as for the gringos so um <laughs> So it just seems to be a, a, a great synergy there for us. And if anybody is interested in uh, accompanying you on one of those trips, they can go to your website, pickleballtrips.com, and uh, we'll link to that in the show notes, and you can find out uh, all the particulars 
for when right. and where and everything. And what kind yeah. of differences do you notice uh, in other countries? Do you do you notice any people pick it up faster, slower? Are there concepts? Uh, are they bringing concepts from other sports that maybe we're not aware of? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's coming. There's still they haven't reached a critical mass to really see the skills, but. There's a, a Japanese friend who's about Daniel's age who, after playing a week, he was so fast and he was a tennis pro, but I played him in singles last year and we played 14 games. He won half of them. This kid had only played one week of his life. He picked it up so fast. So I, it just showed me that, you know, the best players are out there. We just haven't found them yet. And another little antidote to the story is a friend of ours was in China a month or two ago, presenting the Chinese government with new sports happened to be pickleball. They came up to him afterwards and said, okay, this is a great sport for China. We want to rule the pickleball world. Will you send the teachers to do it? So we are now looking at starting for better or for worse to teach the Chinese, you know, pickleball. Uh -huh. Um, and, and it's a little scary because if you look at the table tennis and badminton, some of the other sports, oh, yeah. they do rule the world in those. And so we are creating our own competition, but long-term vision to get it into the Olympics and be recognized worldwide and played in all these countries that we're visiting and, you know, desire, that's the only way is if other countries embrace it. So Americans beware, the competition is coming. And, you know. <laughs> you've got that concept of spreading pickleball around the world, and you've got something new you've been working on too, that's uh, instead of looking into the future, you're looking back into the past a little bit and borrowing a page from Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King. You've got your own version of Battle of the Sexes coming up. We do, we do. I was uh, playing in Palm Desert about three or four months ago and warmed up with Simone. And as I was warming up, I just kept wondering, can I beat her in singles? <laughs> and uh, after the tournament, we both won gold in the singles that day. I walked up to her and said, Simone, how would you feel about playing me in a battle of the sexes this year? And she said, I'm in before I could take a breath. <laughs> and Chris, it almost else. scared me. I, was, I realized she really thought she could win. She had no hesitation. And I, I loved her confidence. I loved her spirit. She's a friend. She's uh, amazing. And actually is a accompanying Daniel on the, on the pickleball tour of, of Spain this year. So if anybody wants a phenomenal trip, you can look at that one in September. But yeah, so this thing we called Steve Dawson. And he said, absolutely, you know, have it here at the Bobby Riggs Tennis Center just so happens that the movie's coming out this year. Yeah, that's going to be good. And that I'm 55 years old, the same age Bobby Riggs was when he played Billie Jean. So there's just a lot of things that lined up to show us that this was the right thing to do. We ended up um, making it a charity fundraiser, and it'll be on pay-per-view for people that want to see it. Best $10 you ever spend. And it will be a whole lot more competitive than the actual tennis event and a lot more entertaining. I'm not going to tell you too much about it, but <laughs> okay. we, we got some some dance acts lined up and it's going to be a pretty cool deal. All right. And you are of uh, you are uh, famous for your your dancing at uh, US Open. Uh, yeah, we we sometimes I just I just can't help myself, but uh, <laughs> let me just say this, Chris, you ain't seen nothing yet. If you like that, just tune in to the Battle of the Sexes cuz we're going to knock it out of the park on that one. That sounds great. And that is coming up October the 7th at the Bobby Riggs Tennis Club. 
And if you can't make it there live, you can purchase the pay-per-view, which we have linked to in the show notes, raising money for a good cause. And let's pause right there, Scott, pick up next week. I want to get even more tips from you and find out exactly how you can raise the level of my game and, and everybody else's too. And Melissa McCurley, hardest working person in pickleball, you'll join us as well. And if you are running a pickleball tournament, do not make a move without getting pickleballtournaments.com in your corner. Look forward to hearing from you. If you want to email me about anything, mail at pickleballshow.com. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.